Howdy. How you guys doing? Doing good? I had a wonderful surprise. Kyle was doing worship tonight. That was awesome. We had a good time in Fresno together. Back in February, was it? I was seeing whirlwinds. This is a crazy story. I was seeing whirlwinds when I was driving around these little farm roads in middle Dunabi, California. Anyone know where that is? Hey, you don't know where that is. It's in the middle of nowhere. Dinuba, California, these little farm roads, and I'm starting to see funnels, not like in the natural, but just like, you know, you can see in the spirit too, right? Some people are like, oh, I don't know about that. How many of you have ever seen something that doesn't exist? You're imagining it? Yeah, you see in the spirit, it's just the wrong channel. So I'm seeing these things twirling all around, and so I uh, just say that to this church, I said, I feel like you guys are going to see like a tornado or something. Just throwing it out there. Next day, there's a tornado right outside this church. It was on the news. There's never tornadoes there, right, in central California, and there's this huge funnel. So I come home, and my daughter had drawn a picture of a tornado. She knew nothing about any of this, and she's never drawn a tornado, and I was like, oh, what made you think to draw a tornado? She's like, I don't know. I just, I wanted to draw something for you coming home. It was for me. She's like, so I just drew a tornado. It's like, well, you were listening to Jesus on that one. It was cool. Real quick, a couple things, then we'll dive into some stuff. I have a table back there. There's a few things out there. Um, we have a base, Origins Base. If you have 10 months to ruin the rest of your life, and I mean elevate the rest of your life, <laughs> you should come hang with us in sunny San Diego. It's sunny almost every day except June of death. It's been like 63 degrees and cloudy every day. We get here and our kids are just like, where is this place? It's so hot. But you guys are 107 degrees, right? Last week, something like that? No. <laughs> but there are some cards in the back if you're interested. We do an internship, for lack of a better term, and we just call it BASE. And it's 10 months, September to June. And your own KC was there. We've brainwashed her the last 10 months. <laughs> and uh, Courtney's spiritual daughter, she was in the first base back in the day when we had no idea what we were doing. She was in the first one. Second thing is, I have a podcast called The Borm Identity. So one of my nicknames is Borm, so it's just natural to do The Borm Identity. And I have audio messages, videos, interviews. You can access all that stuff. Ten bucks a month. It helps us as missionaries. You get content in return. It's a win-win. So you can check that out, subscribe, and whatever you want to do. All right. You guys ready to get into some goodies? Ooh. Get out of landscape mode. There we go. Okay. So how many of you have ever heard of a guy named Abraham? Pretty sure probably most of you in the room have heard of this guy. He's a, he's a guy. He's a spiritual father of our faith, Romans chapter 4. So he's a pretty important guy. And so in Genesis 22, God says, hey, I'm going to give you some people, some descendants, and they're going to number more than the sands of the seashore and more, the star, more than the stars in the sky. So God promises him two types of seed, sand seed, which is natural descendants, Jews. Every continent has a beach, right? Every continent has sand. 
on its shores. He's saying to him, you'll have natural descendants in every nation on the planet. But then there's star seed. Well, what's star seed? Oh. That's you. Gentiles brought into the body of Christ, grafted by Christ in, you are starseed. So let's talk about this for a little bit. We'll come back to this point, but you're going to need to buckle in for a second, put on this, bring that over, because we're about to go some places, so it'll make sense what starseed is, okay? So how many know the creation story, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, the earth was formless and void in the deep. Then there was the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters, plural, over the waters, as the waters cover the sea. How does water cover water? Because it's multidimensional. Zip, zip, zip. Anyways, so the waters and the Holy Spirit is hovering, and then God speaks, right? Or did he sing? Speak or sing? The Father's there, Jesus is there, the Holy Spirit is there, wisdom is there, is referred to in the book of Proverbs as a woman who was there at creation at the side of the Father as the architect of creation. So she's there. They're all there. And what is spoken is, let there be light. Wasn't this light? Wasn't the sun, wasn't the moon, wasn't the stars. It was his light. But what else was there? Water. Water predates light. That's really interesting to me because water is a liquid crystal superconductor. Sound can't travel without water. You take out water, sound can't move. There's hydration in the space. All of space has, if you go out beyond our atmosphere, into deep space. There's water everywhere because there's ice crystals everywhere. NASA has confirmed this. There's water all over space. So when God sings, I believe he sang creation into existence. Let there be light. There's a release of revelation because light is revelation. And it gives a place for true creativity and innovation to emerge. So when people are like, they're really creative. There's a place of creativity that builds on past revelation, which is good too, but there's a difference with true creativity and innovation because it comes only from revelation. It's something that hasn't been seen yet. Wow. Seen Tesla? That comes from revelation. That's outside the box, right? Right, brothers? Remember them? That's revelation. You can't fly gravity. What goes up must come down. What goes up must come down. They're like, we're going to think a little different. I think we can actually fly. Boom. All of a sudden, we're flying. So light is revelation. Now, you are rescued from the domain of darkness, right? Into the kingdom of light. You are a child of light. So when God says, let there be light, speaks into the water. So let's go to the micro level a little bit. Sound is acoustic and or electromagnetic vibrations, frequencies. 
right? Everything's vibrating around you. If you go outside right now, every blade of grass is vibrating at 528 hertz. Frequencies are measured in hertz, which is cycles per second, 528 cycles per second. Geneticists use that frequency to heal damaged DNA, 528 hertz. So in our universe, if you believe in a universe, sorry about that, but in our universe, we live in a multiverse, but in our physical universe, there's a standing gravitational wave that looks like this. It mimics the double helix, your DNA. Why? Because all the universe of you are one. God created everything one. It's all integrated like Russian dolls. It's all one. The condition of the human soul mimics what's happening on the earth. Yep. The condition of the planet is the condition of the human soul. It's all connected. Can't separate it. Let there be light. Now, within that standing gravitational wave, there are six nodes, energy nodes. Within those energy nodes, there are six different frequencies. The center frequency is the one I just told you about, 528 hertz. It's called the miracle frequency, the love frequency, the creation frequency. That frequency is how we are able to tell how fast light is, light speed. Natural light, not God's light. Anyone know how fast light is? Natural light? 670 million miles per hour, never slower, never faster. Light does not age. If you were able to go to the speed of light, you wouldn't age. So someone get on that, okay? <laughs> you just stay the same. So six energy nodes. There's a reason I'm telling you this stuff. If you're like, why are we talking about this? Oh, we'll get there. So that gravitational wave is a mathematical scale, much like a musical octave scale, because everything's music in math. Your DNA is music in math. This is all music in math. And that standing gravitational wave is a mathematical scale with those frequencies. Now, those frequencies were used in an ancient musical scale called the Salfeggio scale. Isn't that interesting? Ancient culture was a little more advanced than we are. <laughs> we think we're so advanced today. I've got an iPhone 6. Check it out. These people are tapping literally into what's happening in the universe thousands of years ago. They're dialed into a different bandwidth. Yes. <laughs> Music is just numerical weights, measures, and applications. Right? Transmitted vibrations that enter into feelings, sounds of information and intelligence. That's music, right? 
So you know what the Nazis did? They took out 528 hertz. To this day, most Western music does not have that hertz in the music. You know what it creates in the human body when you take that hertz out? Dissonance. Why? Because they knew this. It creates dissonance in the human body. That's not good, right? So if you get a tuning fork, you can buy one of these at 528 hertz. Bang! Stick it right next in front of your heart. You'll feel your heart dial right into it because that's the frequency of your heart. Why is this all important to understand? Because many believers are in dissonance. See the mind renewal, renewing of your mind? is so you're transformed, right? Which is transfiguration is actually the word, metamorpho. It's the same word used of Jesus when he's filled with light. His physiology is filled with light. Same thing happened to Moses. He was a foreshadow of this. He comes down, his face is glowing. Everyone's like, hey, you talk to God. We'll just be over here worshiping calves. <laughs> so when you're agreeing with a lie, what happens? All of a sudden, the frequencies and vibrations are off kilter. Doesn't James say that? When you're double-minded, you're unstable in every way. It's hard to be the light of the world when you're in dissonance, right? So back to starseed. So then God sets up the sun, the moon, and the stars in the sky, right, to govern the day and the night, to separate the day and the night. So when you're looking at night at the stars, the day is still there. It's just hidden in the night. And then the stars govern the seasons, the, sequ the sequential flow of the human calendar. So now you're the star seed. So when you come into contact with someone and you release a prophetic word, a word of knowledge, you're actually bringing something that can bring them out of a season of darkness into a new season. Why? Because you're the light of the world. Those stars govern the earth. You are the light of the world. Two different things. Earth and world are different. You can read this in the Old Testament. God set up the foundations of the earth, and then he set the world on top of the foundations. Well, well, well. So you are the light of the world. So when you come into agreement with truth, it's not just this ethereal, I'm coming into the truth and this is really wonderful. It literally affects your physiology. So the dissonance becomes harmony. All the right frequencies, which is the light of God, the life of God, and the love of God, and we're dialed in. Then all of a sudden, light. So then you walk into a room, people call it different things. 
you, you shift cultures or you shift atmospheres when you come in. There's breakthrough when you walk in. What's happening is you're just walking in harmony with God. So whatever atmosphere you come in, you're carrying a greater atmosphere because it's heaven. The kingdom of heaven is in you, right? Religion teaches man to reach up to God for heaven. The kingdom of heaven teaches man to release heaven that's already in you. Oh, will you please come down? And God's like, hey, we're, we're here. So just let me out. Is this making sense? That was funny. So you, my friend, are starseed. From above, not beneath. Doesn't it say God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb? So knowledge requires existence. I'll let you chew on that one for a little while. <laughs> you were not born in your mother's womb. You just passed through it. It's not where you're from. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. All right. So let's talk about carrying the culture of heaven as his promised star seed carrying his light everywhere we go, which is revelation, because you were born again of revelation, not location. You're a child of light, which is revelation. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. There's that light again. What's interesting, when there was a transition out of the old covenant into the new, something changed because you can now be a priest and a king. In the Old Testament, you're one or the other, with one exception. Anyone know who that exception was? <laughs> huh? Yeah, but he wasn't really from here. Person that was living on the earth, fully engaged as a human being. No. David. Wasn't David a king? Yes. Was he not also a priest? So how is that so? So back to Abraham for a moment. Some of you have already said this guy's name. He met him for the first time, Melchizedek. He meets this dude who's a king and a priest. He's a king of Salem. He was so overwhelmed, Abraham, with this guy, he gave 10% of all of his belongings to this dude before there was anything like a tithe. There's no Levitical priesthood yet. He didn't give out of obligation. 
under the Levitical priesthood, you gave, otherwise your stuff was cursed. <laughs> Some people still think that's true. Oh, I forgot to give. My car battery's going to die. God's going to destroy it to remind me to give. <laughs> that's a Levit Levitical mindset, by the way. We give out of honor, not obligation. Very different. So Abraham's just like, oh, I'm going to give this to you just out of honor of who you are and what you represent. Do you know David had insight into Melchizedek? Yep. Psalm 110, verses 1 to 4, he has revelation. He actually hears a conversation in heaven between the Father and the Son. And the Father says, and he will function in the order of Melchizedek. Well, my, my, my. Isn't that interesting? See, God will only deal with you in your current place of light revelation. So the more light we come into, rather, the more we become aware of the light that's already in and around us, we start to function in a greater capacity. This is why it's important for us to pursue truth to dive into who Jesus is, because he is the truth. I've been a, Seth and I have been doing university ministry for 18 years now, and we have lots of conversations like this. Oh, Jesus is a prophet, or he's, he was just a good guy. He was a good teacher. He was just morally good, and, and he was, but he's just a man. And I was like, and I usually respond the same way. I'm like, well, the demons know he's more than a man. Oh, they're well aware. He's more than a man. If that was the only evidence I had, that would be enough for me because the spirit world recognizes he's more than a man. <laughs> he's the firstborn of creation. He holds all of creation together. It was created through and for him and by him. And Jesus functions in the order of Melchizedek. Now, some argue that Jesus and Melchizedek are the same person. It's pretty mysterious, to be quite honest. No one has a clear answer on this. So I'm not going to try to give a clear answer. What we do know is Jesus functions as our high priest. There's no other priest ever needed again in the order of Melchizedek, which is an eternal priesthood. The Levitical priesthood was temporal. This is eternal. Because you're one with Christ, you now function as the same priesthood, so you can function as a priest and a king. It's a heavenly office that's looking for an earthly function. Heaven is looking for a place that looks like itself. Heaven is in you, but it's different when it's on you. Didn't the disciples receive the Holy Spirit? Jesus breathes on him, right? <sighs> no breath mints back then. It's like, whoa, that's some fish in there. <laughs> but then the Holy Spirit came on these same people. But he was already in them. He was in them for them. 
He came upon them for others to go to the ends of the earth, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. To do that, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to come upon you. So heaven is looking. So let's talk about real quick two things priests do. They honor the presence of God. When you start honoring the presence of God, because one of the greatest gifts we have is the presence of God, and you begin to worship, some of you, I don't know if you're aware, did anyone hear angels in here tonight singing? There were quite a few. They go a little above some of the melodies and harmonies we're tapping into, so it's a little up there. But there seriously were quite a few, pretty fun. Now, some people are like, oh, angels came into the room and sang with us. No, you're just becoming aware that they're just already there. Anytime God is worshiped, they're just like, we're there. Because that's what they're doing all the time, right? Now, I remember hearing this. I grew up in church. You're like, we're going to worship for eternity. And I'm looking at our worship team going, Jesus, <laughs> this, this for eternity? I remember being in a tiny town in Missouri, and I'm trying to worship. It was, a, it was a country church, truly country. Someone's playing a saw, no joke, just a large saw. It's hard for me to even engage with the presence of God. I'm just so focused on the saw. I'm like, there's small children in here. This is, this is a real saw. And then I kept hearing something. And I'm like, is that like a tuba? Like, what is this? And I'm looking around, and a guy was kind of hidden behind some fern foliage, and he's playing a jug. <laughs> Literally a jug. Like a moonshine jug. He may have had some that morning, I don't know. But... And I remember meeting there going, Jesus, is it the jug for eternity? And the saw? That's not going to be good. But angels 24 hours a day are doing this. Because the revelation of God is unending. There's always something new. There's always something else to discover about God. There's never a place you get go, well, I got it figured out. Me and my finite mind have it all figured out. All God has to do is just like move a half degree and like, oh, there's the next 40 years of my life trying to figure that out. <laughs> and that's why angels could just continue to release holy, 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 holy. Oh, and there's water in heaven, isn't there? Sea of glass. That's before the throne of God where they're worshiping. So the sound carries. And then isn't there a river that comes from the throne? More water. <laughs> so priests honor the presence of God. Let's go back to David. Remember David, the Ark of the Covenant? They're dancing, having a party with it, taking it back to Jerusalem. And then there's this non-Levite. He's like, hey, I'm going to touch that. 
I'm going to touch the ark. This will be fun. He dies. <laughs> Talk about a party pooper right there. That's like the ultimate party pooper. How's the party going? Good till he died. Right in the middle. <laughs> like you can't keep dancing at that point. He's, he's dead. So this guy Uzzah dies. It's a horrible name anyways. He should have died. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'll talk in heaven about it, he and I. Just, it was just a joke, Uzzah. <laughs> so then they take it to Obed-Edom's house for three months. And then David decides to go back to Jerusalem to take the ark, which is the presence of God, right? They're carrying the presence of God with them. Thankfully, we don't have to carry it in a box anymore. We are the box. So his presence goes wherever we go. So they take this back, and now the tabernacle is set up in Jerusalem, but David doesn't take it there. He does something very unprecedented. He puts it in a tent for all to see. 24 hours a day, they start worshiping. 24-hour worship. Now, I imagine it was kind of like this. People were waiting for people to die, and when no one was dying, they're like, well, maybe we'll check it out. Kind of getting up to the tent. Well, Bill didn't die, and he walked by it yesterday. <laughs> David was ripping down the veil of restriction between people in the presence of God. Only the high priest could go in there, right? Only the Levites could touch the ark, get really close. Now David's just like, I'll just set up in a tent. I believe it's because he had this revelation of the order of Melchizedek realizing there will be a day you can function as a priest and a king. Because then when they get to Jerusalem, his ephod is on, and he's just going for it, dancing in his undies. And his wife, Michael, is looking down, literally looking down at him. And this is what happens when you actually really get free in Christ. The people that are religious start to look down on you. What are you doing? He was so undone before his king, all he could do to respond is just release his whole body as an instrument of praise. Oh, wait a second. Your body's mostly water, right? Well, isn't that interesting? Doesn't God sing over you? Huh. So Holy Spirit is over the waters. Holy Spirit's on you, and then God's singing over you, and you're mostly water. Let there be light, light of the world. He begins to sing over you, and it starts to release the proper frequencies, so you start to come out of dissonance into union with Christ. So that your flesh can begin to transfigure, which means you're coming, your whole being is coming into union with Christ. Your flesh is not evil. In fact, Paul says, don't refer to anyone as in the flesh. You're a new creation, right? Which means you're no longer human. 
can't use that excuse. Well, I'm just human. No, you're not. You're a new creation. The word new is kainos. It's a Greek word. It means something the earth has not beheld yet. So all of old creation is crying out for you to be revealed, right? Because they remember what the light was like. Not the sun, moon, and stars. Sons and daughters of God be manifest so light can be released. The kingdom of light through the child of light. So when you walk into someone's life and they're in a season and they're in a night season, you can say, actually, I'm going to show you the day of God. See, we're to be the light of the world, not so people see us. It's just so they can see. Period. It's like you're holding up a lantern. Hey. And they're like, oh, there's a path. Sweet. Where's that lead? Oh, it's this guy, Jesus. He's a little more than a man. You should check him out. He's the one that caused this light in the first place. So you should probably uh, talk to him. Second thing a priest does, they honor. They honor. What is honor? Read Kylo. You'll get, a, you'll get a grip on it. Danny Silk communicates this message probably better than anyone else out there. So I'm not going to take the time to unpack this. Go read Keep Your Love On. And there's some good tidbits in there about honor. There's also the culture of honor that he wrote. Great book, too. But what's it mean to honor a person? Can you honor a person that you disagree with? Who thinks differently than you? You ever been to a think tank? We're going to have a think tank. We're just going to think about stuff. Then you start thinking outside the box. Oh, we don't like that stuff. But I thought this was a think tank. So it's a box tank. We're in a box. <laughs> Should maybe reword what this actually is. But can you honor someone that thinks completely different than you? When someone encounters you, do they encounter Christianity or the goodness of God? Those are two different things. You're a Christian, right? Well, who gave you that name? Anyone know who gave you that name? Rome. And it was a derogatory term, by the way. You know the word Christian isn't anywhere in the Bible? Nowhere. Citizens of heaven, ambassadors of Christ, children of light, co-heirs with Christ. No Christian, huh? See, institutional Christianity is not what Jesus died for. So when I encounter people like, oh, yeah, you know, I've kind of been there, done that, what that tells me is they've encountered Christianity, but they have not encountered the goodness of God. 
Because when you're around a good father, you don't want to leave. <laughs> when you encounter a good father, you do not want to leave. Oh, goodness, I mixed it up. I was supposed to say, priest show goodness. Forgive me. Priest show goodness. They show the goodness of God. We read it in 1 Peter 2, 9. So that you show the goodness of God. We okay? All right, real quick. Kings. Kings honor people. This is what I meant. Kings honor people. We already went there. Life flows through honor, right? The womb of sustained awakening is honor. If you've ever been to Bethel Church in Redding, California, one of the reasons God is continually releasing there is because there's honor. Life always flows through honor. I have some friends that I completely disagree with. And we're still friends. Institutional Christianity will not teach you to do that. It'll teach you to categorize people. The word category is where you get the word accusation. Right? Who's the accuser? Satan. So whenever you categorize a person, a people group, you're actually functioning in a satanic spirit. Well, they're this, they're that. That's a label that's from this earth. That's not your home, it's your assignment. That's a label found in this word that you're not of. You're from above, not beneath. So when you start functioning and categorizing people, you're functioning at a very low level. Because it's rooted in fear, and fear lowers your ability in every level of your life. Start doing the limbo. I'm getting close to the ground here. I was created to fly, though. So priests or kings honor people. Last one, kings show authority. Kings exercise their dominion primarily by speaking. So just as God said, let there be light, your words carry life and death, right? Right? So when you're speaking something, it's either life or it's death. There's no, like, gray space. Well, it's kind of like death, but, you know, there's like 20% life in there, I think. <laughs> it's one or the other. And we have the amazing opportunity as kings in Christ, he's the king of kings, right? That we can begin to release words over people that actually bring life. How amazing is that? You begin to speak something, and because you're in union with Christ, and your mind is with the mind of Christ, as you begin to speak, Going to a microscopic level, the frequencies and the vibrations all are harmony. So it's coming into contact with this person, and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, this is what I was actually created for. What's going on? And all of a sudden the heart starts to align. 
I don't even understand what you're saying, but there's something with your words. Anyone ever said that to you? <laughs> I don't know what it is you're saying. I don't really understand it. But what you're saying, I'm just being drawn into it. The frequencies of the life of God, the light of God, and the love of God, that's what's going on. Sound. You've got to open up your mouth. Silence is agreement, right? I just won't say anything. I'll just keep quiet. Agreement. Dissonance. A king stands up, sees someone that has sickness in their body and says, that's not right. So I speak to the sickness. Sickness, this is what you need to do. Ba, 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 ba. See, what happens when someone's healed in their body, because all sickness, you know all sickness is stress? This is proven. Vanderbilt, HeartMath, Harvard, some of the leading institutions have all come to the same exact conclusion. 95% of all sickness and mental illness is stress. The 5% that's genetic is inherited stress in the emotional memory of your DNA. It's all stress. So what's stress? Stress is your body saying, hey, your thinking's kind of stupid. So we'd like you to do something about that because uh, we're kind of freaking out in here. Your heart's like, hey, buddy, we're about to go down if you don't change some thought patterns. <laughs> That's why mind renewal is so important. Because all that stress, there's energy signatures to every thought. Every thought you have, there's an energy signature to that thought. And it's harmony or it's dissonance, every single one. So when we're stressed, your body tells you it's time to think differently. When there's not stress, you don't get sick. How many of you go back thinking about when you got sick? How many of you right before you got sick were stressed? Every hand goes up, right? I was kind of worried. I was time traveling to the future that didn't exist. Some of you are doing that right now. Or I was time traveling back to the past, reliving things that don't exist anymore. The love of God, nothing will separate us, neither present nor future. Why is the past not in that list? Because when you go to the past, God doesn't separate himself from you. You become aware of what's outside of Christ, like shame, guilt, and condemnation. All of a sudden, you start becoming aware of things that are outside of him because you're going to a place that no longer exists. It's covered in the blood of Jesus, right? God gets amnesia, don't remember, have no clue. It's like, Lord, I'm really sorry I did that. And he's like, what was that exactly? 
So when the devil's reminding you about all this stuff, you need to remind the devil when he fell with a third of the angels, he fell into your dominion. Oh, he doesn't like that one. I like to remind him of that one. Hey, buddy, do you remember when you fell? You fell into my yard? Okay? Jesus got it all back. We were off track for a little bit. We were on the west side of the tracks for a while. (laughs) But, buddy, you dropped into our neighborhood. Religion teaches people to wait to get to heaven. The kingdom of heaven teaches people to take dominion of the earth now. And you are a king that can show authority. So speak. Speak up. When you see an injustice, say something. Now I'm not talking, just flipping stuff over. We come with the love of God, right? We honor people. But you still can speak the truth. Jesus didn't mince words. He's not like, hey, guys, uh, you know, Some of the stuff you're saying is a little, you know, off. He's like, brood of vipers, sons of Satan. Here we are. (laughs) Whitewashed tombs. (laughs) What are you really trying to say, Jesus? We're just not really totally dialed into that. (laughs) You, my friend, are starseed. From above, not beneath. You govern the world. Satan is the prince and power of this world, right? Right? Isn't that interesting? A prince is second in command. Who's first? Do you know Satan has a master? called sin. Almost every time you see the word sin in the New Testament, it's a noun. A noun. You know what a noun is? Person, place, or thing. Very few times is sin used as a verb. Jesus destroyed the power of sin, the noun. Satan is bound to sin. So he's the prince, second in command. He himself is bound. So you can remind him about that too. Say, hey, the power of sin was broken off my life. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a slave to righteousness. You can't mess me up, pal. I have right standing with God, priest and the king. Does this make sense? Stand up, priests and kings. (laughs) Anyone have a problem with their right eye? Yeah? What is the issue? 
Do you kind of have do you kind of have things where you can't see clearly at times? Yeah. All right. Can we pray for you? Yeah. Why don't you come up? I'm not going to pray for you. You know, we can all do this. So it's not like Brian, the superstar, is going to pray for people. It's like, Camille, would you mind putting a hand on her eye? It's the right eye? Yeah. So just speak as a king, command that eye to come into alignment, the kingdom of heaven, all that good stuff. That'll be fun. So... Someone have a right hip issue? Someone with a right hip? Pain in there? Yeah? Is, that you? Is there pain now or? Pops a lot. All right. You want to lay a hand on him? And then you want to put a hand on his uh, hip? Pray for that. So there's a little bit of pain now. Right? At times. But you'll, it pops when you walk, just so you would know by walking. Okay. So when they're done praying, just walk around. Check it out. Are you going to know something with your eye, or does it just kind of come and go? Oh, okay. Tell that bump to go away. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So just engage with God. We're just hanging out for a moment, seeing what he wants to do. So if you want to close your eyes, that's cool. You can keep them open if you like to be in control. <laughs> so yeah, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Who has felt like you've lost hope? Just have felt hopeless? Okay. Yeah, just raise your hand. This is not to embarrass you at all. Like, we've all been there. Thanks for your boldness to raise your hand. Really appreciate that. If you're nearby, a person that's raising your hand, would you just put a hand on their shoulder? We're going to pray. God is the God of hope. Faith is preceded by hope. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if we lose hope, it affects faith, which affects the expression of the kingdom of God for you being a priest and a king. So hope's really important. That's why the devil likes to work on hope to try to get it hope deferred makes the heart sick. So I just speak hope over you. Every lie rooted in hopelessness, God, let there be light. Expose it for what it is, a lie. Let there be light. Release your revelation of your children right now. Begin to sing over the waters. 
Thank you, Father. Sing over the waters of their life. I declare an expiration date on a season that you're in. Right now, it would break. You'd enter into a new season. New season. You want to test your hip out? What's that? How's it done? Any difference? Yeah? Why don't you just walk back to that trash can and walk back? So we thank you, Lord. Why don't you just keep your eyes closed, all you controlling people? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Real quick, just lift your hands out like you want to receive a gift. God loves gifts. He's the father of lights. Oh, we forgot to talk about that, didn't we? He's the father of lights. You are his lights. And he's a good father who brings good gifts to his kids. Any difference in your hip? Little. Do it again. Thank you, Father. He's the father that brings good gifts to us. Just like that hip, all the popping would get out right now in Jesus' name. Just whoosh, thank you, Lord. So I just want you to say this to the Father. I just receive your gifts. I'm good enough to receive your gifts. I don't have to perform for your gifts. I just receive them. I don't have to work for your gifts. I embrace the finished work. So all I have to do is receive. In this moment, all I have to do is receive. So whoever said you were not good enough, they're a liar. Whoever said you have to perform, work harder to get that. You must jump through this hoop to get that. Father doesn't have any hoops. No hoops. Not a fan of hoops. He said, you can freely enter in because you've entered in through my son who did the work for you. How's your hip? Any difference? Same or any different better? All right. It'll get there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You that's sitting right here, what's your name? What's your name? Olivia? Libby. Libby. Would you mind standing? I was just going to pray. You can stay where you're at. Would it be okay if I share some stuff about you? It'll be good. <laughs> so God's transitioning you out of a season right now. There's been some, some craziness going on. 
Yeah? We've never met before, right? We've never had a conversation before. So I'm sharing some things that I wouldn't know otherwise through, right? So there's been some craziness going on in your life, but that's about to change in your life. And there's been stuff swirling around you. It's felt kind of chaotic, mentally chaotic, just a swirl of thoughts, restless at night, hard to sleep. No? Are you dreaming? Good dreams. Yes. Half and half? All right. So I'm just going to hold your hand for a second. Is that okay? Then my wife and Courtney are going to lay a hand on your shoulders. Is that all right? Cool. You okay? Yeah. It's good to see you. Good to see you guys too. So I thank you, God, there's new seasons in you. So just as you spoke, Father, over a formless, void, chaotic environment, let there be light. And things began to emerge, good things. I declare this over your daughter, the same thing. Let there be light. And a new season would begin to unfurl and unfold right now. And I thank you, Father, that you're a good provider for your daughter. He's a good provider. He's a good provider. You can trust in his provision. So I thank you, God, you're a God of abundance. And you're a God of peace. And you're a God of joy. So I just pray for joy to emerge. Joy, joy, joy. Yeah. Bless you. That makes sense for you? Okay. Last thing we're going to do is this. How many of you have problems? Like, no. <laughs> Consider it pure joy. So I want you to do something right now. Sometimes you have to laugh at your problems and tell them about your father. Do you know who my father is? Do you have any clue who my dad is? Don't get religious on me. I'm serious. Start laughing at your problems. You all said you had problems. Because sometimes you have to laugh to break through the point to where joy actually starts to bubble up. Happiness is connected to happenings. Joy is connected to eternity. So as long as there's good happenings, I can be happy. Joy is connected to eternity, so it doesn't matter what's happening. So God, we got problems. <laughs> we got problems. People got money problems. People got family problems. You're the God of restoration. That's who our dad is. He is a reconciler. Reconciler. He's a provider, right? He has abundance. That's all he has is abundance. He has nothing else he could give but abundance. Keep going, don't. I'm serious. Literally, some of you are going to have breakthrough if you do this. Or you can stay focused on your problems. How's that working out for you? <laughs>
we thank you, Lord. Thank you for every problem that's an opportunity. Ooh, you like opportunities. There we go. See, what's happening is you're actually coming above the circumstance right now. It's a little higher perspective. It's a little more light up there. <laughs> You're actually seeing birds fly instead of caterpillars crawl around eating trash, vermin. <laughs> now you just see birds. Birds aren't worried, right? You have birds in your yard worried about where they're going to live? They knock in any door. Have you seen any twigs? We're really freaked out about the twigs. <laughs> Not sure where you're going to live? Look at the birds and laugh. Don't stop. Don't get back into where you were. So you got to understand, there's places where you start to press into, and then you start hearing things like, oh, this is kind of silly. This doesn't work. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing this? You look kind of interesting while you're doing that. Do you understand who's saying that? Do you think God's going, yeah, this is kind of weird. <laughs> Don't tell your problems about me. <laughs> Keep sulking in them. Immerse yourself in your problems. Let them overwhelm you. <laughs> so we thank you, God. We just continue to laugh at our problems. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just feel like I'm supposed to do it. I'm just trying to be obedient. And I believe for some of you, there's going to be literally breakthrough in your life. So we just thank you, God. You're a great dad to us. We don't have to worry. We do not have to worry. We do not have to worry. There's not one thing we have to worry about. Jesus didn't say, do not worry, except if it's really a crazy situation. <laughs> then, by all means, worry. <laughs> Jesus, he said, do not worry. Today has its own troubles. So we receive your joy, Jesus. So when a problem comes, probably in the next 20 minutes, <laughs> you know what to do. Laugh and talk, tell that problem about your dad. So we thank you, Father, that you're a good dad. Your love, your light, and your life are all we need. In Jesus' name. Amen.